You're listening to episode 87 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Franklin TFO. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. My name is Mirban Aranshad and I am really pleased that you've joined me to listen to this week's episode. Before I talk about it, I just wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing and talk a little bit about my tennis. I've been playing a lot more matches recently. I'm in a 5-0 men's DC league, DC being the, you know, Washington DC, and uh, a 9.5 combo men's league, which comprises a 5-0 and four or five player. So it's three courts of doubles. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Been, had a fairly easy straight set match in my in the 5-0 league uh, against the, I think the bottom team. So, but it was at nine o'clock. So that's always kind of nice to <laughs> not have a ridiculously tough match uh, during bedtime. And then I had a very close loss actually in the 9-5 the league uh, with my buddy John. We lost in the third set super tiebreaker 16-14. I think it was to a tough team, but it's always great to experience tough matches, very competitive. And I think I was actually saying, come on pretty loud in the bubble. So sorry to all those at Wheaton indoor tennis facility around uh, 11 o'clock. I probably bursted your eardrums, but in any case, I hope that you all are playing as much tennis as you can. I know it's tougher in the winter, but you know, if you end up booking an indoor court and splitting the fees, it's actually not too bad. But in any case, today's interview is with Franklin TFO, and I first met Franklin at the City Open Players Party this past summer, or actually, I guess last year's summer. <laughs> and uh, definitely a cool guy. I'd actually played a couple of tournaments at College Park where he had played. Well, he, was, he had trained there, but he was playing a tournament that I was playing as well. I think it might have been a qualifier for the City Open, actually, but I can't quite remember. But uh, but yeah, it was great to connect with him there at the party. And, uh, you know, he's very friendly, gave me his number. And, you know, eventually we made this podcast episode happen. And as you all probably know, he is the brother of Francis TFO, who is doing awesome, uh, reached the quarters of the Australian Open recently, had some big wins. And so it was great to talk to Franklin about uh, his own career and growing up with his brother, Francis, and how they both developed into uh, very good tennis players, uh, obviously, and Franklin's plans for trying to further his own pro career and, and getting uh, getting ranked on the tour and such. And yeah, so I, I think it's uh, definitely a fun episode to listen to, and I hope you really enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Franklin TFO. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files podcast, and I'm really excited to have Franklin TFO on the podcast today to talk about his tennis career, uh, his goals, and also his relationship with his brother, Francis TFO. Um, 
And a little bit of background about Franklin. Uh, he actually uh, hails where where I'm from, Maryland, and he played number one singles and doubles at the Matha High School uh, in my home state. And as I mentioned, uh, Franklin's brother is Francis Tiafo, who recently made the quarters of the Australian Open. And I know that uh, Franklin is training right now in the uh, at the National Tennis Center in Orlando, Florida. And I actually met uh, Franklin. Oh, I've met him before briefly, but I, I saw him at the City Open Player Party. Uh, this past year in the summer uh, in Washington, D.C., and it, it was pretty cool to, to see Franklin over there in a chat. And um, yeah, Franklin, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about uh, your career, you know, your goals and uh, your training too. It's going to be interesting to talk about that. Uh, before we started the podcast, you're you're talking about how you're training hard and, and hitting the weights and everything in at the National Training Center, which is where uh, pretty much all the, the best players in the United States uh, train and probably foreign too. But um, but yeah, that's that's it's uh, really going to be a fantastic episode. So to begin the podcast, Franklin, I just want to ask you about your first memory of hitting a tennis ball, if you could talk about that. Oh, well, yeah. It was uh, definitely like around the age of like three or four with my brother and College Park, Maryland at the tennis academy. And we were just like little kids, so we didn't really know what was going on. So we're kind of just imitating what everyone else is doing around us. So me and my brother would just go up to the hitting wall and just try to do what everyone else is doing. I mean, what types of uh, players were you were you uh, like trying to imitate? Like, were, were they just regular amateur players or like really good junior players? Or what kind of players were you were you mainly looking at? Oh yeah, me, me and my brother we were already surrounded by really good junior players. Uh, thankfully, and and players like Dennis Kudla and Junior Or Mitchell Frank, which all went on. Dennis went on. Is still having a very good professional career. Uh, junior is pretty doing pretty well on the double side, and Mitchell was I'm pretty sure two time NCAA champ. So yeah, I mean we had pretty good role models. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I've had uh, both Dennis and Junior on the podcast, and they're uh, great guys, obviously, and they're doing doing big things uh, on the tour. And so, Franklin, I mean, with tennis, I mean, p- people have different uh, reasons for playing the game and everything, but what makes you so passionate about tennis? Um, I'd say, like, it was definitely, like, my first love. Like, it was just the thing, like, I would wake up in the morning every day and just be excited to play tennis, like, my day would literally be like, I got to get through this so I can just hit some tennis balls, you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel the same way uh, as you do. It's just, uh, I don't know, there's something about striking the ball and being able to improve every day that uh, that's really exciting, uh, makes tennis really exciting. And before I start asking you, uh, I guess, a bit more about your junior career, I want to ask you this question that sometimes it's it's kind of tough for guests, actually, but uh, what are three things that most of the world doesn't know about Franklin TFO? Three things most of the world doesn't know about Franklin Well, three well, they probably don't know that I'm twin brothers and friends, so they probably don't know that. Two, I would say they don't know that I also play tennis. And three, I guess, um, I'm really into basketball. Nice. Nice. You got a favorite team? Uh, Wizards, maybe? Or? Oh, yeah, of course. Definitely a hometown kid. I mean, I wish they were doing better, but you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's tough, man, being a, a DC uh, fan, but at least the, uh, the Caps won, uh, I think, last year or so. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, yeah, we got the Caps right now, so 
or we're not doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, at least you know one championship team. So, uh, so Franklin, I mean, uh, wanted to ask you too about your, you know, growing up as a junior player. What were some of the hardships that you faced? Because I know tennis is can be a really tough sport. It can be really expensive and and so forth. So, what are some of the hardships, uh, the biggest hardships that you and perhaps uh, your brother uh, Francis also faced? Yeah, it was definitely expensive, and we didn't have much money or anything when we were younger, so we definitely had to deal with like other kids just like making fun of us and stuff because we didn't have like the new shoes or anything like that. But uh, our dad did a really good job of just letting us know like if you guys work hard, you guys can be anything in the sport that you want to be. So we never really took it to heart or anything. We kind of just focused on what we're doing, you know. So that was probably, that was probably yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and so, as I understand it, your father, uh, he was in charge of uh, maintaining the facilities. So I guess he probably set a really good role model. Uh, I'm sure he was like working hard. Was he working really long hours and things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, his, his hours like, didn't even make sense. But like, even like he just barely slept, slept like four, maybe five hours a night because he, he would just overlook everything. So he'd make sure... All the courts are swept, all the trash is off, and sometimes we would do it with him. Like, mainly we would do it with him, like, just to help him out, and sometimes we would do it with him if we got in trouble or something. And we just, we just experienced how tough the days were and night. And he, even if we were in trouble or anything, like, he would make us work with him for a couple hours, and there would be that we're just gassed, and he'd be like, all right, you guys are all punching now. But it was just a hard life that he lived, and I'm just thankful that he did that for us because it put us in the position that we are today. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, definitely kudos to your, to your father. Um, and, and so, I mean, with that, obviously, uh, tennis programs are so expensive to join. I mean, even like summer clinics can be like a couple grand and all that. So, I mean, was it, were you all able to practice like by virtue of your, your like your father working there? Is that like, were you able, like, did he basically like help you all kind of uh, play in the programs and train with the, the players? Well, so the deal with that was, as me and my brother just kept hitting and um, hitting on the wall and stuff, people just started realizing, like, oh, we can kind of hit the ball a little bit. And then, like, some of the older kids, like Junior and Dad and Luka Cordentelli and guys like that, they would, they would see us, like, trying and stuff, and we would just beg them to hit, and they they just started hitting with us, and then we just started getting better. So, it was kind of a mutual thing like that. I went to the managers, and the manager was like, yeah, it's fine, like, you get some training here for free. So, that's how it all came about. That's pretty awesome. Uh, very awesome. And, uh, and Franklin, so as far as your junior career, I think I, I did read somewhere that, that you did, you took a, a break for a while. Maybe it was short or, or, or a little bit longer. But what was your junior career like in terms of, uh, tournaments and, and rankings and stuff? Like, did you play a ton of junior tournaments or did you, uh, did you train more or did you take any, uh, breaks and so forth? Um, I, I didn't really take many breaks. Well, the only breaks I did take were probably when I got in trouble for something stupid that I did when I was younger, but that's probably about it. And I didn't really play much of juniors because when I got, well, my freshman year of high school, I went to Eleanor Roosevelt, a public high school, and then um, a coach that I've known for a while, Damon Austin, who's the head coach of Damapa, uh, he, he reached out to me and helped me get a scholarship to play there. So I ended up playing there. He was a, uh, he was really focused on me, just being around the team a lot. So I didn't really have much time to play uh, 
junior tournament. I kind of only played like a couple of junior tournaments like in the summer, and that's kind of about it. So I didn't really have much of a junior career. Yeah, but I definitely uh, had, had fun and had a really good experience at the Napa being around a bunch of different athletes, not just hand players. And just having that experience, I actually got the chance to meet Victor Oladipo, and um, I actually went to I was the same year as Markel Fultz, and we kind of hung out together sometimes because of just being uh, me being like the best tennis player, him being the best basketball player. So we kind of bumped into each other and had lunch a couple times. So. It was cool having that experience. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And yeah, I, I did read in the I think an article by uh, how was it the Post where where it, they mentioned that you you know once you put on the Dematha jacket, like you know you felt this sense of pride when you were walking in JTCC. Um, so that's definitely definitely sounds like Dematha really treated you well and made a, a good impact on you. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, it was it was just a very great experience playing for them and. and uh, Having having the principle that they instilled in me, like to this day, I'll always have them in me, and I think it just helped me grow as a man. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Franklin, and that's awesome. And also, I mean, so if you're not comfortable about this, you don't have to really talk about it. But I was wondering, you know, you mentioned that you know you you did. Uh, I guess there was a prank that you did. Uh, I don't know. Like, was there <laughs> are there any details that that you know you might want to if it's an interesting story or funny or anything like that or do you prefer not to talk about it <laughs> oh, you said about prank? yeah because you mentioned that that you said that you did something uh that that you were disciplined for where you you know because you did that then you weren't able to play for a while oh yeah like i kind of like broke the ceiling at college park by just messing around with a kid and I got in trouble for that for a good amount of time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I I can definitely vouch firsthand, you know, how strict, um, you know, some of the coaches there are because I remember taking a lesson from Vesa one time, and he would always like, you know, not yell at me, but say, you know, feet always moving, and I I pretty much had to beg him to ha- to get one water break. So I can imagine, you know, if you were to try to pull something funny, that they would probably discipline you. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure you learned from it and everything. Um, and, and and also, uh, Franklin, what was your relationship like with Francis when you grew up together? I mean, were you always hanging out? Were you playing together a lot? Or were you kind of more, uh, did you more do your own thing? Or how was that like? Me and Francis were around each other a lot. And he's yeah, my twin brother, so we, we were around each other constantly. So we, we did our own, we did, um, we, yeah, we were around each other a lot. We trained together, worked out together, like, you know, so and, and so when when you both were after you both trained did you both uh end up kind of discussing tennis like were you always talking about tennis and strategy and technique and all that or were you kind of more like oh you know I'll, let's train but then after that let's just chill out <laughs> yeah we were uh, we, t- we talked about we talked about tennis a lot but i mean off the court i mean we tried to try to keep it like just pretty chill and not like worry about it too much yeah no that makes sense and uh as far as um as far as your junior career i mean you you did play number one at uh dematha singles and doubles but what what were some of the highlights of your junior career whether that's uh you know tournaments or high school or anything else i guess the highlights would be like uh just playing like playing for high school is probably the biggest highlight like mostly what I did the whole time so I'd say that was a pretty big highlight just like playing for my team and just trying to just was playing for something bigger than yourself I mean it's it always like a big thing and always fun to do did you, did you find that playing for your high school like gave you an extra motivation and and actually helped you perform even better than when you were playing by yourself or for yourself yeah I, I definitely thought so yeah. I got gotcha. you and then as far as uh 
coaches because I know there were there's many great coaches at JTCC. So can you tell me or tell us, I guess, which which coach or coaches had the greatest impact on you and your game, and 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 also why? Um, I'll definitely say Misha Kuznetsov had the biggest impact on my tennis career there because he he sacrificed his time and money on me and my brother one from a young age. Just come and speed his balls every morning, and he helped me and my brother get to where we are today. And very thankful for him. Yeah, I definitely love hearing that, Franklin, because uh, I actually played college tennis with Misha. Uh, we were teammates at UMBC uh, and and played, and uh, he's definitely a great player. And he's you know he's still coaching today. And uh, I was definitely s- sad to see him uh, part ways with uh, with Francis, but I know you know obviously everything happens for a reason. But uh, but yeah, I did read a lot of great things about how much. Um, you know, he was how involved he was with both of you guys, and I'm definitely really happy to to hear you mention him. Um, so that's fantastic. And you know, to that end, I, I guess it, whether it's from Misha or somebody else, what is one piece of advice that has always stuck with you that you receive from from one of your coaches? Probably the best piece of advice is to just always just go out there and be yourself and and just believe in yourself and don't don't ever get down on yourself because I mean, tennis tennis is one of those special sports where it's like you're not on the team and it's just all on you so you gotta you gotta be kind to yourself out there. And so when you say Franklin, uh, when you say uh, be yourself, like how does that translate like on the court? Um, just like just like not being like talking to yourself and making it harder than it has to be out there because it's already hard when you're going up against someone else and they're just trying to get in your head already and I think it's just a way to live your life as well like I mean there's always going to be someone out there that's going to say you're not good enough to do this so, so you, I don't feel like you should tell yourself that as well yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense I mean you know there's there's always going to be people who are going to be hating or, or doubting you and uh, and you know you just have to believe in yourself uh, and, and does Francis get that a lot because you know sometimes when I'm on social media and I'm just looking at, at like you know a player will post something and then he'll have like all these people saying like stupid things about them and all that so does does Francis ever see that or talk to you about that or anything uh, and if so you know how does he handle that people are hating you just don't have to just to even give into it or even think about it too much because I mean I mean it doesn't do anything to change your life if someone says something like that you know what I mean yeah. No, I mean, that's that's great advice. You know, I think just sometimes for some people, it's hard to when they see criticism, like they feel like, oh, I need to prove this person wrong or answer them. But I mean, it sounds like both of you have a great head on your shoulders and are able to to just know that this 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 is coming from somebody who doesn't have like the experience I have or doesn't know what's happening in my life. So um, I think that's fantastic. And as far as your career, I mean, we all make obviously mistakes or missteps or whatever. So can you tell us about like, maybe one one mistake that you have perhaps made in your career and then how have you learned from that uh, mistake? I don't really feel like anything was really like a mistake. Like I feel like everything that happened was just kind of meant to happen that way. And I, I feel like if everything is everything is either it's either a win or you're just learning. I don't feel like anything is really like messed up because I feel like if your life was supposed to go in one certain way and it didn't, then it wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah, actually, I mean that's a great way to think about things because uh, you know sometimes we can dwell on certain things like uh, let's say we lost a big match or something. 
something or maybe we didn't train enough or something and then we lose and then we realize like, oh, you know, I should have worked on this and that. But I mean, using the the philosophy that, that you have, it just means like, hey, I'm, I need to, you know, I'm going to move on and this happened and maybe that's, that's, it was meant to be, but I'm going to try and improve myself and learn from that. So I do like that. I do like that answer there, Franklin. So as far as your, uh, your training, so you train at the, uh, at the National Tennis Center in Orlando, right? Is that really close to the airport? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. And and so who, like, I guess what groups of players do you train with? Because I know there's so many, obviously, levels of, of the game and everything. So, like, what, what level of players do you usually end up training with over there? Well, I don't really train with anyone else besides my coach that I have, like, privately. So I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Oh, cool. Okay. And and who's your coach right now? Uh, this guy, Marty, who works at uh, USDA. And I have, I'm working with him privately right now. I'm just working on fine-tuning my game and getting ready for tournaments and stuff like that. That's awesome. And then I don't know if you know if you, if you can, but to speak to maybe like one or two aspects of your game that you are working on right now. Just continuing to make my forehand and serve pretty big weapons to help get like some free points while I'm playing and stuff like that. So that's... that's Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. That's awesome. And then regarding your typical day of training, like, uh, cause that's something that the audience always loves to hear about. So I was just wondering, like, if you could just go through just a typical day of like, you know, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., I do this and so forth. I wake up around like, I'd say like 8 a.m., 7 a.m., I get in the gym, ride a couple miles, do some abs, push-ups, and then I have a hit with my uh, with my coach, and we're working on, right now we're just working on a lot of like movement stuff, like two balls cross, one line, just working on the movement because I'm, I'm going to be playing a bunch of tournaments on clay down here in Florida, so I want to make sure my movement down here is really good. So I'm working on that right now, and uh, I'm trying to fine-tune like my serve, so I'm getting a, a good amount of pop on it, and I'm hitting my spots, and just continue to make my foreign weapon so that's what I'm doing on the court and then after that I'll be going to work with my personal trainer who was a former a former Navy SEAL so like we do a bunch of uh workouts that I'm really I'm never done as a tennis player so like stuff like putting on boxing gloves and sparring with him and hitting a heavy bag and stuff like that and using like a rock climbing wall. So there's just just a bunch of different exercises that are helping me just not only just get more fit, but to just test my mind as well while I'm working out and just to keep pushing myself and know what I want out of this sport and out of myself. So yeah, then after that, just a bunch of stretching and then, yeah, that's it. Wow, awesome. So that's, I guess that's maybe like uh, a couple, like two or three hours of tennis maybe, and then a couple hours of, of fitness. Is that kind of? Yeah. Gotcha. And then like so you, you mentioned uh, all these different, uh, I guess, exercises that maybe people don't don't uh, do as much like the boxing and sparring, which is awesome. Do you also do like other traditional uh, weight training exercises like uh, squats and deadlifts and things like that as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I do, I do those. I gotcha. And then so as far as the breakdown of maybe like weight training to 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 like the other like boxing and so forth. 
what's kind of the breakdown? Because I mean, are you doing like, you know, every day? Are you doing like weights and stuff, or or uh, how frequently no, do not. you do weights? No, not every okay. day. Three times a week, I'll be doing weights, and then like the other two, like um, a lot of footwork stuff. So definitely, definitely not weights every day. That's not the way to go. Yeah, yeah, f- yeah. Because that would probably fatigue you so much. And do you ever have, uh, you know, you're training so hard and everything every day? Do you do you ever have? Uh, do you take a day off during the week? Uh, Sunday I take off and that's about it. I gotcha. And then like, what do you usually like to, to do on, uh, on Sundays, especially cause I, I imagine you're probably away from, you know, you're in Orlando, so you're not with your, your family and Francis, but what do you like to usually do, uh, on Sunday? Well, my dad usually down here with me, so we'll usually go to like church Sunday morning and then I'll try to keep it pretty light, maybe like get a lot of stretching or something and then just kind of chill the rest of the day and maybe watch some, uh, Netflix or something. Gotcha. That's good. That sounds like a really relaxing day and uh, that's awesome. And so, you know, you touched a little bit about your goal as, well, well, you know, trying to see what you want out of tennis and everything. Currently, what is your goal as a tennis player uh, and what what do you think you'll have to do to get there? My goal is just be the best tennis player that I can be. I'm just not really worrying about what anyone else thinks. And yeah, so um, right now I'm just playing a bunch of men's opens and money tournaments for a national points to help like getting into lower pro tournaments like 15k's and stuff like that so i have a bit of a process ahead of me but i'm looking forward to it that's very cool and um like what's your like looking ahead uh, well i'm not sure if you've you've formulated the tournaments on your schedule but like if you have what uh like what tournaments are you planning to play coming up oh there's a there i'm playing like a men's opens right now so i'll be playing one in a couple of weeks in tampa and then after that there should be one in orlando so like, um, just playing a bunch of men's opens around florida area that's awesome and and i remember i guess a few years ago i played a couple men's opens which had rankings uh national ranking points so like how does that uh, work uh just for the audience like how far do you need to get to get the points and like around how many points are you, do you would you need to be able to get into the 15ks that is a very good question i am not sure (laughs) but i will definitely ask about that but um right now i'm not even really worried about like the points or the money it's just i haven't played a proper tournament and maybe closer to i wouldn't say a year but closer to a year so right now i'm just playing for the experience like once I feel comfortable enough, then I'll start worrying about numbers and stuff. But right now, it's just experience because I know I have like I know I have the ability to be there, so it's not really I'm not really worried too deeply about it at the moment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just trying to like worry, you know, worry more about your game and uh, make sure that you're developing it uh, before you, you know, put too much pressure on actually getting any, you know rankings or things like that that makes a lot of sense uh and one thing franklin i mean obviously we we sometimes we hear about people like if they have brothers uh, like you know i guess they use the terminology oh like they're standing in in the shadow and all this stuff but as far as you and francis i know you're both very close and just want to ask you like is it ever difficult for you to have a brother like francis who is you know obviously uh very highly ranked and all that and and being like compared to him do you have to ever have to deal with that and if so is it uh, tough for you um no it's not tough at all honestly it's probably better like i wouldn't want a brother that uh i would rather have a brother that up there than a brother that's not because it gives me something to strive for and there's somebody in my life who's actually doing exactly what I want to do so they give me sort of a blueprint on how to do it so 
honestly, it just makes my life easier. Yeah, and no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that makes so much sense, especially, uh, uh, you know, people, they can skyrocket their own development by learning from the experiences of others. So you <laughs> have a direct link with Francis, which is uh, which is really incredible. Um, and I've, I've seen some really cool pictures of you guys. Uh, it seemed like you're a balling out on Instagram and like a different really cool uh, locations and everything. So I was wondering how often you travel with Francis to uh, tor- uh, pro tournaments that he plays? Not very much. I'm literally only going to the tournaments that are in Florida because I'm here. So I, I went to Delray Beach and I'm going to go to Miami and that's about it in the near future. I'll probably be um, going to Washington City Open and obviously US Open, but that's probably about it. And hopefully I will be playing at City Open if everything goes to plan. So. Oh, nice. That, that would be amazing. Uh, I'd love to see that uh, for sure. And uh, definitely be uh, watching you for that one. Uh, and, and Franklin, um, so you, you mentioned that you're with your dad. Uh, your dad's with you in Orlando, which is great. Um, but uh, how tough is it to to be uh, apart from Francis? I, mean, I know you, you, when you're younger, of course, you saw each other and grew, grew up with each other every day. But I mean, is that... Is that tough for you to not be with him as much as you used to be? No, not really, because I mean, like, not, not like we, we were kind of forced. I, it, was, it was honestly harder when I was younger, because like we're twins and I was one, we always want to be around each other. But, but now it's like we were forced to grow up older because of the path that we chose. So like we just know that, I mean, this is just business now. You know, we, you travel and that's just you traveling most most of the year. So that's just that's just uh, mandatory. So that's already known. So. I know that he's doing what he has to do and I'm doing what I have to do. So whenever whenever we see each other, we see each other. That's great. I love that that business, you know, take care of business mindset. That's fantastic. And I mean, do you do you both like how often do you both talk to each other? Uh, every day. Every day, nice. Is it like a mix of I mean, do you usually like FaceTime or are you like you calling him or how does Yeah, face FaceTime, WhatsApp, texting, everything, you know. Gotcha. And when you guys talk, I mean, I assume you've probably seen him in all different like emotions. Like sometimes he's he's uh you know, in great spirits and sometimes he's, you know, maybe down. But I mean what types of things do you say to him if you notice that he's he's ever down after, you know, a tough uh, match? Um, I mean he he, he kind of he self motivates himself pretty well, and when he when he has a pretty, I mean, initially every everyone's upset about a loss, but he kind of gets over it rather quick now. He uh he he's emotional about it until like he takes a shower, which is like maybe less than ten minutes after he's even off the court. So then he's he's talking with his coach. Um, Zach Evidin and he's, he's going over what he did wrong and what he can do better and things like that so then he's just thinking about it and I, I took my shot and I missed you know uh, I mean you know it happens Tennis is tennis is an extremely hard sport to be dominant. He's, I mean, Roger Federer loses, you know, like, and he's won a hundred titles now. So it's, it's not it's not even something to freak out over if, if you lose, like, because those crazy win streaks don't really happen as much anymore. Like the last time Novak did it was a little while ago. So I mean, he has a chance of replicating it, but still, you go any any player to go to lose can lose to anyone on any given day, and that's just the beauty of our sport. Yeah, no, 
definitely very well said. And as far as, um, you know, the Australian Open, I mean, so that's clearly, that was an incredible tournament. I mean, I stayed up, I forget, to like 2 a.m. or something to watch him, to watch Francis uh, win, I think maybe around the 16. But wh- what, in your opinion, I mean, was the key to Francis's breakthrough? I mean, I know he's worked very hard consistently, but what, what do you think maybe was different at that tournament? Or what did you sense that was different that, that helped Francis uh, do so well at the Australian Open. He was. He just felt. I mean, he just felt comfortable, and I mean, he he had a. He had definitely had a tough um, offseason. He, he worked himself to the core. He uh, broke his body down each and every day, and tried to just get just one percent better if he could. So he really worked himself hard, and it really showed in um, Australia because it's hot out there, and and he was playing five set matches back to back and you just showed you just showed all the work that he that he did and I was just extremely proud of him but I wasn't surprised because he had the ability to do stuff like that yeah I don't think any of us were surprised I mean he's one of the most talented players in the world so uh but very happy obviously especially uh for those of us in the DMV area so you you've obviously watched uh Francis do such great things and I mean he's watched you do great things too but what what's something that you've learned uh or or integrated in your game that you have seen uh, that that Francis has done in his own game. I would say the fact that he just he, he just goes out there and he, and he plays. He, he doesn't he doesn't let anything get in the way of his tennis. He's just I'm he's like I'm showing up here for what I'm here for, and that's it. You know, it's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and fight for every for every point, and that's about it. Yeah, just the business mentality there. And one other thing too is I think I thought it was like so cool to to see Francis play at the City Open, and hopefully we'll see you playing there uh, this coming year. But uh, you know, I, I could tell everybody could tell how proud he was to represent uh, the DMV. So uh, yeah, how how proud if you could describe are you both uh, to represent this uh, the DC Maryland uh, Virginia area when you play? Uh, extremely proud because that, that's where we're from. Like the fact that we have a tournament right like twenty minutes from our house is just amazing. Like, it makes us extremely happy to have that there and hopefully one day we can win it and it would just be very special to us. I think it would be bigger than winning his his first title with Delray, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure. The first one that we've ever won to. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure one day he'll do it and that would be an amazing moment. Uh, and I was also curious about actually maybe both your teams. Uh, um, so as far as uh, like your team, you mentioned you have a private coach. I was wondering if there, uh, oh, and a fitness trainer as well. Is there anybody else on your team, like a psychologist or anything uh, on your team? No, there, there is, I don't have a psychologist on my team. My team is kind of just made up of my coach and my physical trainer right now. But my uh, physical trainer, like we have like really deep conversations and stuff because he's been through some crazy things in his life, like going through like Navy SEAL training and stuff like that. So he's just told me about those experiences. And and we've just, we just talk about life a lot all the time. And he uh, definitely keeps me grounded. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Navy, Navy SEAL is a... I'm sure, you know, they're just like probably one of the most disciplined people in the world and uh, most courageous. So I think uh, definitely that'll rub off on you. And I'm sure it has already, of course. And then also uh, Francis's team, because I think it's always interesting to see uh, the pros as well. You know, how many people like are on their team? So like what what um, people or experts uh, comprise Francis's team? Uh, You said what experts are on Francis's team? Yeah, like I was just wondering how big is it like as far as, you know, like a coach, trainer, psychologist, like stuff like that. Like I was wondering how many of those types of people he 
he has on his team? Well, his team is just made up of him and Zach Evident. Like he has a very small team right now this year. Oh wow! And it seems to be yeah, it seems to be working for him. So wow, awesome! Yeah, that's great. Um, and also, uh, just curious too. I mean, I know that we all have role models when we're growing up uh, in tennis. So are there any particular role models that that you had? You know, either as a junior or or now or whenever you know, whenever in your lifetime that you sometimes think of when you're trying to strive to be your best i don't i mean since i kind of want to be where they are like yeah i mean i would say like definitely nick kurgios is definitely one i just like the way that um he he definitely gets a bad rap because he, he just lets his emotions flow and um he doesn't he doesn't really care what anyone thinks you know so um, i kind i kind of definitely agree with how he how he does his thing there's some some things he, he does go a little bit overboard but i mean it's it's sport you know i mean it happens but it, it's going to take a little bit of a change in our sport for us to actually for people to actually understand yeah emotions will flow and things like that will happen because i mean it's accepted in probably every other sport for for athletes to have like a bit of a spell you know but yeah so i i I just i'm a big fan of his talent and i know he definitely has the opportunity to do much bigger things in the sport um definitely my brother as well he works extremely hard and it's just good to have him around me as inspiration um and i'll definitely i'll kind of just keep it at that because i mean when I when I go out on tour, those are the two people that I'm really hanging around, Francis and Nick. So yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, as far as you know, the, so Nick, I mean, he obviously he won the tournament in Mexico, uh, and he beat some incredible players. Obviously, Nadal and Orinka, among others. Uh, but what, um, what I don't know if you saw, but what do you think about the whole like spat with with uh, Nadal um, that said that he, you know, I guess he disrespected Nadal or something like that. Like, did you did you watch that? And do you have any thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, I did actually watch that whole match, and I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't. I didn't see where he disrespected him at all. I mean, if anything, it was, it was just a bit of like gamesmanship and like like um, Nick. Nick was definitely rushing the doll a bit on his serve, which he is allowed to do because when he's serving, it is at his pace, server's pace. So I mean, I, I mean that Nick was right on that. I didn't really see how he um, disrespected anyone. I mean, maybe I think he probably told someone in the crowd to shut up or something. But I mean, like I'll, I'd honestly say that I'll probably say the same thing if someone is sitting right there in the crowd and I'm trying my ass off to get a win against one of the all-time greats and this, and this person's just heckling me like I, I would definitely be like you know shut up like come on and and I mean in our sport it's it's definitely like our sport isn't even a sport that would usually even have hecklers in it so like for Nick to act that way is not extremely surprising it's not like he's out there playing basketball where heckling is just normal you know what I mean like yeah people people want to put tennis on a pedestal then they should definitely act like it you know yeah no, I actually couldn't agree more with that. Um, and yeah, especially if you know the 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 ref or whoever umpire, they're not able to do something about it. Sometimes you have to let the crowd know by your, you know you're on your own. And Nick's always interesting. So I just want to ask you one more question about him. I mean, you we all know that he's extremely talented and that he's had some struggles and th- and things like that. What do you think about Nick's chances of becoming you know a top ten player? Do you think that firmly think that he's going to be uh, commit and uh, be able to make it, or do you think it's going to be a little bit too tough? I mean, I think he's able to do anything in this sport that he wants to. So I mean, if he wants it, then he can do it. So that that's my take on it. Like 
if he wants it, he can do it. And that's, and that you can't say that about every single person in sport, which is, which is just goes to show like how much of an amazing talent he is and what he brings to the sport. Because I, I feel as though Nick is a player that kind of transcends our sport and, and the fact that he attracts many different types of people to watch our sport because he is exciting to watch. Like there are a bunch of great players, I would say, but they are not exciting to watch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you watch Nick and it's like, what's going to happen this match? You know, is he gonna is he gonna go all out? Is he, is he gonna get in an argument with someone? Is he gonna snap some rackets? You know, I mean, it's entertainment, and that's what people want to see. You know, and he attracts he attracts basketball players, like people from other sports, to even start tuning into tennis, which usually wouldn't. So, I mean, what he does is just amazing. Yeah, no, actually, I, I really agree with that too. And I had uh, Noah Rubin on uh, last week's. Uh, last episode's podcast and he mentioned kind of the similar thing you know that tennis just needs to bring out the personalities of the players more if we want to grow the game otherwise it's going to just be too boring and uh we need we need a variety in the sport and to and to show off uh people's personalities other than just their their game so uh i definitely couldn't agree with you more that we need personalities like like nick uh on the tour so that's fantastic um also, uh, Franklin, as far as following you uh, on- online and, also- and on uh, social media, can you let us know like what uh, what accounts or, or anything that we can uh, you know follow you at? Uh, Instagram Kingfo One. Um, Twitter is let me see. I'm not really on Twitter as much, but it's at Kingfo underscore. I King underscore foe one on Twitter. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't really post, but you know, I, I'm really on um, Snapchat, uh, not Snapchat, Instagram a lot more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome, man. Awesome. And so what, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but what is next for Franklin TFO? Well, right now playing uh, my first tournament of the year in Tampa in two weeks, my men's open. So that's, that's uh, what's next for me. And then um, after that, I'll be going, I think a couple more weeks and I'll be playing in Orlando. So the, that's the two tournaments that I know of for the near future. And in between that, I'll be going to Miami to support my brother. So those are the next three things that I'll be doing. So yeah. Sweet. That sounds really exciting and definitely wishing you all the best of luck. So to close this uh, episode, Franklin, I'm uh, just going to ask you one question that I, I close with uh, on pretty much every episode, which is what is one key tip that you can give our audience to help them improve their tennis games? Definitely just go out there, be yourself, just believe in yourself and um, don't get discouraged. Like tennis is an extremely hard sport to master or even be good at. So you have to definitely give yourself time and just just go out there every day and put it, put the work in. Yeah, I love that advice. I mean, just like you said earlier too, just trying to improve 1% every day and realize that uh, pretty much everyone loses every tournament they lose. So um, so it's tough, but you got to just keep grinding just like uh, you and, and many of our guests have, have said on the podcast. So uh, Franklin, I really do appreciate, as I mentioned, uh, you taking the time to be on the podcast. I, I really enjoyed talking with you and hearing about your career and, and the insights into it as well as your brother's career. So I uh, definitely wish you all the best and hope to uh, see you around Maryland or Florida uh, sometime soon. Yeah, of course. And um, just let me know when this podcast is up and I'll, and I'll definitely uh, put it on my Instagram story or something so people know about it. For sure. We'll definitely do that, uh, Franklin. I really appreciate it again. And uh, thanks so much. All right, no problem. Thank you. All right. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Franklin TFO. Uh, Franklin, appreciate you taking the time to come on to the podcast today. 
And uh, I really would also appreciate if you all could subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that by hitting the big subscribe button at uh, the on the podcast app of your choice that you use to listen to the show. And as always, for iTunes, you can simply go to tennisfiles.com slash iTunes and hit the subscribe button there. And as I often like to do, I will uh, leave you with a quote at the end of the show, which is right now. And this one is by Dale Carnegie. And Dale said, Develop success from failures. Discouragement and failure are two of the surest stepping stones to success. That's a wonderful quote. I mean, basically, any time that you put yourself out there and play a competitive match or tournament and lose, um, you can always learn from them. And like Dale said, develop success, you know, figure out what you did wrong, what you did well, improve what you did wrong, and also improve your strengths as well. And you'll, you'll get to where you want to be if you're consistent and persistent. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode and we will see you on the next episode of the tennis files podcast take care everyone thanks for listening to the tennis files podcast for more tips to help you improve your tennis game visit tennisfiles.com